Welcome to Godpod. This is a podcast from St. Paul's Theological Centre in London, based at Holy Trinity Brompton. Mike Lloyd and Jane Williams join me, Graham Tomlin, in talking about theology, life, God, and just about everything else. Well, hello, uh, Godpod listeners. Um, this is a uh, special Godpod, a very different kind of Godpod from normal. In other words, it's just me. It's uh, Graham Tomlin speaking here, of course. Um, and uh, what this is, is um, uh, a talk which I gave a couple of weeks ago at the um, uh, the, the Holy Trinity Brompton staff meeting. Um, uh, very recently, one of the items in the news has been uh, our Archbishop, Rowan Williams' uh, talk on Sharia law in uh, British justice. And uh, it raised quite a lot of interest in uh, discussion uh, around the UK and around the world, in fact. And um, I was asked to give a few reflections on the issue for to, just to help the HGB staff to uh, understand um, how, how this, this issue works and, and what the Archbishop was trying to say and just some thoughts on it. So what follows is um, a, a talk by me uh, given to the HGB staff and... Um, it expresses my personal views on the issue. Um, doesn't re- represent anyone else's views necessarily, but it's my personal thoughts and reflections on uh, what I thought the issues were and what um, Archbishop Rowan was was trying to do in that um, in that talk. So hopefully it'll help uh, in understanding the issue more broadly and trying to put in context some of the things that he was saying there. So uh, here it goes with the talk. It's been a very interesting few days, and uh, who would have known that the Church of England would have hit the news in quite the way uh, it did? And, and as you know, the, the, the background to this is, um, as Nicky was saying, the Archbishop uh, was invited to give a, a lecture at, uh, which was part of a series on um, uh, Islam and the law. And uh, it was at the Royal Courts of Justice, and the title of the lecture actually was a Civil and Religious Law in England, a Religious Perspective. Uh, or, um, as I think you really should have called it, um, how do you solve a problem like Sharia? Um, or maybe on second thoughts, that might not have been a very good idea. Um, but what, I'm, what I have to try and do this morning is to uh, just explain a little bit about what this issue is about, what Rome was trying to say, and how do we react. Because it may be that you've had friends who've um, you know, rung you up or spoken to you and said, well, you, know, you work for an Anglican church. What on earth is your archbishop on about saying he supports you know, Sharia law in England? Or you may have thought yourself, what, what is all this about? What, what was he saying? You know, do, we, do we agree with this uh, or not? And um, so it's a quite an important issue for us. It's also an important issue for us personally because, of course, Jane Williams, Rowan's wife, is, uh, is on our staff here, works with us at the St. Paul's Theological Centre. So we have a, a bit of a personal interest in this issue, and we've been quite concerned for them as a family, uh, supporting them through this um, quite tricky time as well. Um, well, it seems to me that what, what Rowan was trying to do was to raise, if you like, a general issue, uh, but also a quite specific issue. And uh, the general issue, I think, was this. It is, um, as he put it in, in the lecture himself, uh, the issue of the rights of religious groups within a secular state. That's the general issue I think he was trying to address. What rights do religious groups have within a secular state? Now, I think this is quite an important issue for us because, of course, religion arguably plays far inc- an increasingly important part in our world now. Um, 
50 years ago, it was probably true to say it was mainly political ideas that shaped the big global conflicts and the motivations of people. You know, it was either, you know, you were a communist or you were a, a fascist or you were on the right or the left. Those are the big ideas that shaped the way people thought around the world. They seemed to be the main divisions were political. Uh, now, arguably, the main motivation that actually shapes people worldwide is actually not political, it's religious. And when you think of the massive growth of Christianity in Africa, in South America, in Asia, and not so much here in Europe, but elsewhere in the world, it's growing phenomenally. You also think of the growth of Islam and of the growth of prominence of Islam since 9-11 and, and, and all of that. Uh, we're aware that for vast numbers of people around our world, it's religion that actually motivates their behavior, not politics. And uh, we're just kind of getting used to that. And uh, here in the UK, um, where we live in a, in a law, in a state where um, we have a, a legislation, a body of law, it's arguable that that body of law is increasingly being shaped uh, not so much by a Christian agenda, but by a secular agenda. And um, the issue that Rowan's raising is, well, what happens if you have very strong religious commitments, if you're a Christian uh, or a Jew or a Muslim, and you have a loyalty to God, and yet you live in a state which doesn't recognize loyalty to God and is increasingly shaping its legislation, its laws, its structure according to secular norms. Um, and what happens when those things conflict? What happens when your calling to God seems to conflict with what the law seems to say? Now, traditionally in the UK, we never thought that's a problem because our law was broadly Christian or in line with Christian teaching. But as many people would suggest, maybe it's drifting in another direction now. And so there are all kinds of issues that have come up. So for example, last year, there was the, um, uh, the big row over the Catholic adoption agencies. Uh, you remember how um, the legislation was, was passed by the government that said that adoption agencies had uh, had to, by law, give equal rights to gay couples as well as um, uh, uh, Non-gay couples, <laughs> what's, what's the word? Heterosexual. Heterosexual couples, that's right, yeah, good. Thank you, good. I always rely on the Lees to, 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 have, to help me out in these sort of, mo these sort of moments. It's not useful to have them around. Um, and the Catholic Adoptions Agency says, well, that's fine if everybody else wants to do that, but we are a Christian agency. We don't believe that's the, it, this is the same. Um, that gay couples are not the same as heterosexual couples. A child can't grow up with the same framework within one as in the other. And so we want the right not to have to do that. Um, and you'd have thought the government might have said, okay, well, you know, we'll give you exemption from this. You don't have to do it. But no, the government forced that through and said, no, the only way you can get public funding is if you give equal rights to gay and heterosexual couples. Um, there was a, a case a number of years ago where a Christian GP was sued by a mother uh, for not having recommended an abortion uh, for her child who was born uh, brain damaged. Again, there was a, the case last year of a Christian employee of British Airways who was told that she was not allowed to wear a cross, um, and there was a big sort of law case against that. So there are conflicts that arise between your commitment to your faith and increasingly what the law of the land seems to say. And so that's the general issue I think that Rome was trying to, to raise. And of course, it's led in the Islamic community to many young Muslims feeling they've got to somehow choose between being British and being Muslim. And that's led to quite a few kind of unfortunate and violent consequences. So that's the general issue. How do you negotiate the issues and conflicts that arise between religious identity and, if you like, political identity within a secular state? 
But there was a specific issue I think that Rome was, Rome was also trying to raise within that general issue, which was uh, the existence of separate bodies of law that exist alongside the general law of our land. Because, of course, we have our general secular law that the judges operate by. But alongside that, we have a number of little bodies of law that relate to religious communities. We have one in the Anglican Church. It's called canon law. A canon law, Anglican canon law, is part of the law of this nation. Um, and it provides for certain disputes within the Anglican Church to be dealt with by special courts. So, you know, if, if the vicar runs off with the organist's wife, or the organist, um, <laughs> or um, there's a big sort of dispute between the PCC and the vicar, or there's some property dispute as to who owns this, this building, the diocese, or the, the parish. Those kind of things can be resolved within ecclesiastical courts. We have that. Um, there are Jewish courts like that as well. There's a thing called the Beth Din, which is um, a court which if you're a Jewish couple going through a divorce and you don't want to go to a secular uh, law court for it, you can go to, this, to, to this, this Jewish court to adjudicate on your marriage. They will decide on the dates of Sabbath and give certificates for kosher restaurants and all that sort of thing. Um, or if there's a sort of business dispute between two Jewish businessmen, they can go to this court to get that thing resolved. And uh, there is also within the UK, I think, called the, the Islamic Sharia Council. It's an informal thing. It's not actually part of formal British law, like the canon law of the Anglican Church and the Jewish laws are. Um, but it's something which is a kind of optional thing that many Muslims do go to to get their divorce issues sorted out and business deals um, uh, arbitrated and so on. So here is this issue. We, we have these already. And if you like, I think what Rowan Williams was saying was that given that we already have these things, we already have Christian and Jewish sort of bodies of law alongside our general law of the land, um, should we recognize an Islamic system, something like that? And if we did, how would we regulate it? How would it work? With religious identity getting more and more important, how do we make sure that that we can both give space for religious identity and religious commitment without, at the same time, it going in all kinds of unfortunate directions. And how do we avoid, if we give space for this, some of the unfortunate things like forced marriages and the uh, downplaying of the rights of women and so on? Well, that was the basic uh, issues that he was talking about, the general issue about the rights of religious groups within a secular society, and then the particular issue about is there space for... Uh, an extension of what we already give to Anglicans and to Jews, to Muslims. Uh, a limited role for um, some kind of Islamic law. And then in the interview afterwards, and in now uh, I think it was in the Today program, uh, he was asked this question. The application, uh, he was asked, you know, are you saying then that the application of Sharia in certain circumstances, if we want to achieve cohesion and take seriously people's religion, seems unavoidable? And uh, Rowan gave assent to that um, statement. Now, that word unavoidable, which is the, the word that's been picked up uh, in the press, uh, was not actually Rowan's word at all. It was in the question, uh, and he kind of said, yeah, I think it probably is. Um, and, but that's the story. You know, Archbishop says Sharia law is unavoidable. Um, and basically, I think what he's arguing is that it makes sense to give some kind of limited role for Islamic courts to meet, to adjudicate on certain very well-defined issues, such as marriage disputes, some business disputes between Muslim people. Uh, so it makes sense to give them, just as we do to Anglicans and just as we do to Jewish people, 
to stop Muslims feeling they have to choose between their loyalty to the state and their loyalty to their religion. And at the same time, he's saying we can avoid extremes, we can avoid it going in kind of unfortunate directions by putting in place certain conditions. So, for example, that no religious court could limit any freedoms that are granted by the law of the land. They could just adjudicate in disputes between Muslims or Jews or whatever. It's mainly conflict resolution. So that's really all he was saying. He was not saying Sharia law must be adopted alongside the law of the land so that only Muslims, you know, Muslims can be, you know, go to Sharia courts as opposed to non-Sharia courts. He's simply saying there may be a role for these, these um, spaces where religious dis disputes can be dealt with within their own terms. Now, why was that controversial? I think it's worth asking that question. Why has this raised such a big furore in our society? Uh, I think the first reason why is just the language, the S word, Sharia. Because, of course, when you hear that word, what do you think? You think of people getting hands chopped off for uh, stealing or beheadings or women being um, stoned for the temerity of getting raped by men. And um, Sharia is not, in fact, that's our kind of image of it. But in fact, and again, I think this is one of the reasons why, why um, the Archbishop gave this speech, was to try to sort of diffuse that misunderstanding of Sharia. Because actually Sharia, although there are instances like that in particularly repressive countries like Saudi Arabia, actually Sharia is not a sort of set body of law that has all kinds of things, this is what you do in every case. It's a, it's a general principle of law of trying to find out how you make disputes, bearing in mind what the Quran teaches. And uh, Sharia law works by having you know, Quranic scholars who um, try to make the right decision according to the teachings of the Quran in particular cases, and it will vary from place to place. And so that image of Sharia was not actually the right thing. Often, in, certainly in countries like Britain, the Islamic Sharia Council doesn't operate like that. So, but it was a controversial word to use. I think the second reason why it was um, controversial was something to do with our, our own culture at the moment, because it seems to me that with this rise of religion in our world, the secular humanists are scared stiff of religion. Now, we saw that in Richard Dawkins and all of his friends and all this slightly hysterical atheism that came out last year. And what's that about? They're just scared stiff of religion. And I think there's something about that here. There are secular powers that be that desperately fear the impact of religion on public life and therefore don't want to give any space at all for religion within public life. They want to keep it out. Keep it as a private option, entirely in your private life, not having any re relevance to public life. And I think that's part of what's going on here. There is part of the secular agenda that is just desperately afraid of, of religion in any kind uh, form of, of, of in, in public life. And it also sort of taps into a, a general fear within our culture of Islam. And um, maybe that's something of what's going on there too. There's an issue of clarity, I think as Nicky was saying. Um, I guess what Rome was trying to put forward was a fairly complex argument as he's quite well known for doing. Um, and I guess if you didn't read it carefully, you could quite easily come away with the impression that he was advocating Sharia law alongside the law of the land. It's not what he was saying. He was talking about a subsidiary jurisdiction, not a parallel jurisdiction. Very important distinction. Um, also, there are issues about there are different kinds of Sharia law in different countries and which one would be adopted, all those kind of questions as well. So, but actually, you can't answer every question in an hour's lecture. But then, of course, the, the fourth issue, which might make this um, uh, controversial is, of course, timing. 
Um, because, of course, this year is one where the Anglican Church, and Rowan in particular, is facing a particularly important challenge, which is the Lambeth Conference, coming up in July of this year with uh, the potential split of the Anglican Communion over the issue of homosexuality. And some people have been saying, well, he really ought to have been putting his, in his attention to dealing with that issue rather than raising this um, issue on the side. Well, let's draw all this to a close and see what are the challenges that this raises for us? What are the issues it raises for us Christians within our country today? And I think the first one is to ask us this question. Do we think we are living in a Christian or a secular state? Because if we think primarily we're living in a Christian state, we can think to ourselves, well, why is the Archbishop of Canterbury arguing for the recognition of any kind of Islamic law within a Christian country. But I guess what Rowan, I think, is saying to us is that he's recognizing that we actually no longer live in a state which is broadly governed by Christian principle and Christian norms and Christian understandings of law, but secular understandings. And we're living in a state where there is increasingly, or at least decreasing room for conscientious objection on religious grounds. You'd have thought it would have been fairly straightforward for the government to say to the Catholic adoption agencies, well, it's fine, you know, we'll give you an exemption, we'll still give you public funding because you do a great job, and they have done, everyone recognizes that, but you don't have to adopt this particular legislation just because it's the way the secular world is going. But they didn't do that. Questions of, you know, are Christian doctors allowed to opt out of performing abortions? Some of the other issues that is around. And uh, it's, there is an argument that says, and I think Rowan is pointing out this, that our legislation is becoming more and more secular and less and less Christian. And therefore, what he's wanting to say is we need to argue for and protect a space for practicing faith. We need to be very vigilant about watching out for that creeping secularization, that creeping restriction of religious freedom that was won uh, quite painfully centuries ago. Now, St. Paul writes in um, 1 Timothy about how we, uh, we should pray for all authorities that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That there should be space to be able to practice faith. And that's what, that's what I think Rowan is, is arguing for. The second thing, I think, second challenge this raises for us is the, is the relationship between Christianity and other faiths. And what he's, I think, putting forward to us is an example of a generosity of spirit towards other faiths. Now, we're not Muslims. We don't believe Muhammad is God's prophet. We believe that Jesus Christ, not the Quran, is God's final word to humanity. But that doesn't mean that we have to see Muslims as enemies or even as competitors. And I think what the Archbishop is saying is that, well, you know, we can't argue for our own Christian rights, our right to practice our own Christian faith without hindrance by a secular state, without also bearing in mind the rights of Muslims to practice their faith at the same time. Um, he's kind of saying, look, we don't have to fight Muslims, we have to love them. And that may mean arguing for their rights alongside ours. There's a parallel that's been drawn between what happened in uh, between, in our culture, the drift of it, and what happened in Germany in the 1930s. It's maybe an extreme one, but um, it has some sense to it. Um, last year, you remember the Pope gave a speech where he quoted a, 
think it was a 14th century uh, emperor who um, spoke, said some quite negative things about Islam, and he got into a lot of trouble for that. Um, Archbishop Rowan has said something on the other side, something sort of positive about Islam within secular state. He's got into trouble for it as well. And so the advice might be, well, just don't mention the issue. Just don't say anything. But of course, that's exactly what people said to the churches about the Jews in the 1930s. Just don't mention them. Don't say anything positive or negative, just don't mention them. So the relationship between Christians and other faiths, and maybe our response to Islam is not to try to stop them building mosques in East London, but it's actually to build churches that are so attractive that actually it makes no one really want to go to that mosque in the end. So the relationship between Christians and other faiths. But then the final thing is that, well, I think the challenge for this is that if you like whether or not space to practice faith freely is granted. And it may be that the direction of our culture is going to the point where it's much more difficult for us to express our faith publicly. We need and we need to pray for that boldness to follow Jesus, even if it gets us into trouble. In Acts 5, the disciples, the apostles of Jesus are told to keep quiet about their faith. It doesn't fit within our culture anymore. And their response is, at that point, we must obey God rather than men. And uh, it's kind of thought, isn't it, that actually the, the early apostles, the great St. Peter, all these people we think of, uh, were not respectable citizens within the Roman Empire. They ended up in jail. Now, who knows what will happen to us. But that's why we honor those early Christians today, because they had the courage and the conviction, even in a society that didn't give them space to practice their faith. They had the boldness to stick to it, to live it, to go on loving their enemies, to go on speaking the truth, even though it cost them hugely. That's what we need to pray for, the boldness to follow Jesus, whatever happens. That was GodPod, a podcast from the St. Paul's Theological Centre. If you want to send us a question, just email it to godpod at htb.org.uk. We can't promise to answer all the questions you send in, but we'll certainly try. Until next time, goodbye.